For those of you that walked in, it was dark, maybe you didn't see, there are our communion cups that you are always, whenever we do this, I realize you're tested in your dexterity to get these things open, but, so you might want to like start cheating now and, and kind of doing that. But if you didn't, if you walk past them, they're in the back, so please take a moment, get up and go get one, because we'll be doing Lord's Supper communion here after the message, when everyone on the same page there, if I can possibly get that happening. Okay, got that. Hopefully everything, we're good to go. We are in week two of our superpower of prayer message series. And uh, I, I, this morning, I, I want to share with you, I think, something that hopefully we all have in common at some point. And that is, I'm going to guess at some point in your life, or up to now, you went out into your garage or maybe your utility room or something, and you found this or you found something you thought what does this go to and, and of course there's that momentary fear like oh no there's something that's that shook loose or I forgot to install or that's broken and what's going to blow up you know what what, what am I going to do what am I going to do and you, you just you rack your brain you kind of know it looks kind of familiar but you're still not quite sure or understand what it is well I, I need some help because um, I found something in my garage that I, I'm not sure what it is. Can you help me with this? Will someone show the screen, the picture of that? Do, do, do we know what that is? I mean, those gripper things? I mean, what, what are those things? Ask my wife. That's exactly right. Who, who took a shot at me? That is so true. I, I really, I, I, I am just terrible when it comes to fixing things. I, I've told Nancy, she, I know she wishes she had married a handyman. I said, sweetheart, you married someone that knows a lot of handy men, though. And I'm going to take care of them so they take care of me. All right? That's kind of, that's just kind of how it goes down. But anyways, uh, no. I do know those are channel lock pliers. Is that right? Okay, I got that much going for me. Fantastic. Well, anyways, I think prayer is kind of like that. I think you in here and, and those of you that are online, you, you, some of you have an idea what prayer is like, but you're just not sure you fully understand it. And that, my friends, is what we're going to kind of launch into this morning. We're going to address and look at what exactly is prayer so that well, we, we can fully understand it so we can use it in its superpower way that I think many of us maybe just miss or we've kind of given up so that's what we're going to take on this morning. We're going to take on what is prayer? How do I understand it so I can, I can really experience the superpower of prayer that God has given us? Now, it's really important that we understand last week we kicked this off and we talked about the importance of activation. How do we activate prayer? I mean, you can know what prayer is. You can know how to pray and that's going to be the next uh, message after this one. And you can even know what the obstacles are and how to negotiate those, which is the last message in prayer. But if you're not activated it means nothing and we looked at the who of activation last week and and God says my people it's my people who have the potential to have superpower prayers and my people are those in our present day those who follow Jesus have made that decision and committed their lives and surrendered their lives to Jesus and then we looked at the what of activation and what activates prayer we know who who can activate prayer but but what activates prayer and we looked at it was a healthy relationship it was obedience to God and in the midst of that something really amazing happens and so this morning we are going to look at 
what is this prayer that we can have activated in our lives? And so to do that, I'm going to ask you, get your Bibles open to your table of contents. You've got an Old Testament, you've got a New Testament. We're going to be hitting around a number of places here, but let's just land for the moment in the book of Matthew. It's the very first book of the New Testament. And if you get to Matthew, you'll be at chapter 1. I want you to get to chapter 6. We're actually looking at when Jesus was asked by his disciples, hey, you seem to pray pretty well. Can you teach us how to do that? And he does. And we're going to look at this a little bit more in depth in the following message. But we're going to start Matthew chapter number 6. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to pray. So will you join me in prayer, please, as we ask God to open up our hearts and minds. Father, I pray this morning, as we just sang, that we will make room for you in our heads and in our hearts. And God, I pray, especially for those who are here who do not have a relationship with you. Maybe they're kicking tires or just trying to check out what exactly it means to understand who you are and what that might mean to their lives. Lord, and I pray that you would speak through me as I have nothing to say. <laughs> but you have everything to say. I pray you would speak to them and to every other person here as we seek to understand this incredible power that you have given us, how it can be activated, how we can understand it so we can apply it into our lives for your glory and the good of your people. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, before we get to what prayer is, let's just kind of survey for a moment some of the different ideas and thoughts about praying and what that looks like. And there's, there's many of them, I, I can't list all of them, but let's, let's start with, there's a, this uh, kind of this robotic, rote, memorized prayer that we typically, or some of you might say like before a meal, like, you know, you're, you're there, you know you're supposed to pray, you bow your head and you say, good meat, good bread, good God, let's eat, something like that, right? Maybe it's a little bit more, you know, spiritual than that, but, but it's just the same thing, you're just saying it kind of just, it just naturally rolls off your tongue. But there's not much engagement in that. And, and we might call that prayer. You know, we can take something as spiritual as the Lord's Prayer, which is here in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And, and just say it again. You can say that in a rote, kind of memorized way where there's really no engagement. But some people might associate that with prayer. I think a lot of people associate prayer with, man, you're asking God for stuff. Right? You know, stuff that you need and in some cases stuff that you want. I think people confuse meditation with prayer. That if you see someone with their eyes shut and they appear to be in this prayer posture, they must be praying. But meditation and prayer are different. Of course, and this might be the struggle for people who do not pray out loud, which I'll address that in a moment. And that is, it's really not prayer unless there's like some fancy church words. Or... You use your prayer voice when you pray. Have you ever noticed when people pray, their voices change? It's like, why are you doing that? Does God hear better than that when you, when you speak that way? Uh, and then some people, I think, think, I can't pray. There are, there really, there's prayers and they're, they're kind of exclusively for like priests or ministers. They might be able to pray for me, but I can't pray. And there's other ideas and understandings of prayer that I think are amiss. So then the question is, well, what exactly is prayer? Let me give you just an, uh, an understanding. This is not a, a technical definition per se, but I think I want to unpack this. But this is what I believe, this is the understanding I want to work with this morning as we address what is prayer. Prayer is our intellectual and verbal communication to the holy God that we know personally. Now I want to unpack that. I want us to understand that when we're praying, uh, there's an intellectual aspect to it. There's a verbal aspect to it, meaning words. 
and that we're praying with the recognition that God is holy. He is set apart. He's immense. And this God that we pray to, we know him. We know him personally. This is not a distant, hey, Wizard of Oz kind of God. I hope you catch this one. There, there's, there's, a, there's a relationship to that. Now, I want to unpack that. Let's, let's unpack. And then looking at Ma- Matthew chapter 6, uh, look at verse 7. Jesus is kind of um, addressing, uh, I think, the absence of this intellectual verbal communication that I speak of. Look what he says in verse 7 of chapter 6. He says, when you pray, don't babble like the idolaters since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. So we, we need to understand that prayer is not babbling. It's not just going on and on and on with no purpose or reason behind what we're saying. That the superpower of prayer that we have, it is when your mind is engaged and my mind is engaged and our words are reasoned and purposeful. We're not just throwing around stuff. We're not doing it in a rote, memorized way. We're doing it intentionally and purposefully. And the mind is engaged and you have a reason to pray. Which means that prayer is not meditation. They are different. Prayer is not the mindless repetition that just comes naturally off your tongue because you've just done it so often that it just comes right out without really much effort. Now, I will recognize the importance of our minds being engaged in prayer. I want to ask for a show of hands because I think all of you would raise your hands, those of you that pray. There are those moments in our minds, particularly the unbridled mind, in which some crazy thoughts get rolling around in there. Have you been there? You know, you're praying and all of a sudden, whoo, comes this, this wild thought run across your head. You're like, where did that come from? Well, our minds are capable of, of distracting us in that way. Um, as a matter of fact, in, in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus actually asks his disciples, those closest to him, who have been following him. He says, come and pray with me. He's on the night that he's about to be betrayed and to be crucified. He says, come pray with me. And he takes them to the garden. And two different times, do you know what happens to them? They're praying and then what happens? They fall asleep. Man, I can relate to that. I'll be sitting there praying and and the head will start going, doink. I'm like, whoa, hold on a second here. What, What happened there? My mind was not engaged. Now, what do you do with that? Well, touch base on that a little bit today and more so uh, the, the third message but our minds are engaged when we pray okay secondly our words are purposeful we are mindful of what we're saying we're talking with God using words we use when we talk with other people we don't need the fancy church words don't worry about it. I'm not saying it right. Do, I mean, do you really worry about it? When you're talking to anybody else, do you worry about what you're saying, generally speaking? Or if you're just in a conversation with someone, aren't you just talking to them? You're not worried about what you're saying, I, I suspect. You're, you're, not, you're, you're not hesitant to speak out loud because you're worried that you might not say the right words. I, I would imagine that when you're in a conversation with a friend or a family member or someone like that, it's just rolling right off your tongue. And what we need to recognize is that words are are powerful because our praying intellectually, the words back to God, is half of a conversation that God wants to have with us. A conversation with God. And I'll, I'll get to the other side of that in just a moment. But let me just address briefly this fear of praying out loud. And I have seen it 
a lot. And I get it. I remember when I first uh, was asked to pray out loud. I mean, I, 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 I got to do what? It was really hard. And this is the crazy thing about it was um, I was challenged by the, the person that was discipling me to pray out loud with my wife. And I went, what? That just, and I know it's crazy, but it was like, it was taking these two intimate relationships and trying to merge them. And in my mind, I like, I can't do that. And so we kind of started like babysits. We held each other's hands and we prayed quietly while we were together. And then I eked out a little prayer here and then. And then, and then it, it just, it got to be much more natural. And I mean, it was a very um, cementing kind of part of our relationship and, and continues to be. But to those of you that, that are worried about praying out loud, I, I suspect it's because your words, you won't use the right words. And my friends, God just wants to hear from you. You don't have to find the fancy church words or the prayer voice. You don't have to worry about that. You're just talking to him. And what happens, and I think, just let me say this very carefully and with all the sensitivity I can, that when you're concerned about praying out loud, my friends, the focus is more on you. And you're worried about what other people are going to think or what God's going to think. And I'm just here to tell you that God says, just talk to me. That's all I want. Just use your normal voice, your normal words. Just, just talk to me. Because the focus isn't on you. It is on God. And when you pray with that in mind, when you pray out loud, something powerful happens. Happens to you and happens to those around you. I will tell you some of the most exciting times for me are when people that I know are uncomfortable praying out loud, pray out loud. And it's not for them to, you know, to, to say, hey, look at me. That's not why I'm... I'm, I'm suggesting or, or even maybe even challenging that, that you pray out loud. It, it's, it's not for you to get the, the, the glory or anything like that. It's for you to bless other people as you pray. Because when I hear these, 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 these wonderful prayers of people who break through that, oh my friends, it is so encouraging to hear that. It's a blessing to hear that. You're not, you're not praying out loud to impress, but you're really praying out loud to bless. And I hope you understand the difference. And anyways, just a little bit of a challenge there. Um, so that is the intellectual verbal communication. Now, how do we do that? We do that by faith. We have to recognize prayer is an act of faith. And it's faith. This is so important in your prayers and in mine. Because we can confuse them and we can cross them. And it's dangerous when we do this. When you pray and I pray in faith, we're praying Faith in God, not in an outcome. And that's really, really challenging. It's because when we pray and we come to God and some, there's a big burden in our lives or a burden in somebody else's life that we love, there's a sense that if I just pray with enough faith, God's going to give me what I want. And sadly, that is taught in the church, my friends. And it's a dangerous message. Because Jesus who deserved, you think about it, Jesus who deserved above anybody else for God to answer his prayer when he was in the garden, he finished it by saying, not my will, God, but your will be done. And my friends, that's a superpower prayer. And faith is important, and a strong faith is important when we pray. But it's not for the reason you'd expect. It's not for the reason you think. It's not for the reason that says, if I pray with enough faith, then God will reward me and I'll merit the answer to my prayer. I'll, I'll, I'll be rewarded with the power to get what I want. But that's not how it works. The power that comes from having a strong faith in God is that you know him. 
and you enter into prayer trusting him and his plan and purpose for your life to where you can say freely not in fear not sheepishly God not my will but yours be done and you're and you're safe and you're okay with that because you know him in that way and that is critical James in chapter 1 verse 6 through 8 this is what James says about prayer he says but let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord an indecisive man is unstable in all his ways so when you come in doubting and you know just kind of rolling around I don't know and you're and you're anxious and you get worked up by that you're, you're approaching prayer in an unhealthy way that it's about you. And really that's what doubting kind of reveals. Doubting kind of reveals. It's a sign that you're really not entering into prayer. I'm not entering into prayer really trusting God. We're trying to get from him something. That we want or that we think we need. And not trust him for what he knows we need. And what he knows that we want. So we have prayer is the intellectual uh, and verbal communication that we do by faith. In a holy God. Now you're in Revelation, or excuse me, you're in Matthew chapter 6 verse 7. Look, look verse, uh, start with verse 9. This is where Jesus is answering the question. Hey Jesus, how do you pray? He said, what is how you do it? Verse 9. Therefore you should pray like this. He says, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. You've maybe heard our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. There's a fancy word there. So Jesus is saying, as you enter into prayer, there's two really important things. There is first the understanding of our Father, and there's the understanding of the holiness of God. Let's, let's take them in reverse order. Let's start with the holiness of God. We need to remember that when we're praying, when we're entering into that, that verbal, uh, intellectual communication with God, that He is God. He is the creator of everything you see. He keeps your heart beating and your lungs breathing. He's holy. He's perfect. He's set apart. And we have been given by the work of Jesus Christ and Christ alone entrance into God's place in getting on his radar, having his ear. And when you think about God that way, this is really when I was saying before, when your mind wanders and, and, and mine, mine does, it's just stop for a moment and just with your imagination to picture I am in the presence of almighty God. My friends, that's not somebody you just kind of squeeze in with your prayers, right? You don't, when you're on the fly, when you're driving, I'm not, I'm not saying don't pray when you drive, but if, but if that's what you say, that's my prayer time, you squeeze him in. Or it's like right before you go to bed, right? I mean, that's just asking for trouble, right? You, you lay your head on the pillow, dear God, and then all of a sudden crazy ideas come in and then boom, you're, you're sleeping. You don't even know what you said. I mean, when you think about God, Everything about him, everything about his holiness and who he is really shapes your prayers and my prayers. So that when we come into him with this idea, when, when he says, hallowed be thy name or your name be honored as holy as it has in my Bible. We come in with an attitude of humility. Like, wow, this is God that I'm talking to. This is the person who's keeping me alive. This is the one who, who gives me life in Christ. Who cares enough about me with all that's going on? This is the God that I'm approaching. I think it's how attentive you'll be too. 
I think if we really are mindful, using our imaginations and just think about, I am in the presence of Almighty God. I, I think we'll stay more attentive if we keep mindful of that. I think it'll affect how we pray and what we pray. I think when we realize that we have this incredible blessing and this incredible, this privilege that we'll be mindful that when we enter into this time of prayer, it will be easier to say, not my will, God, but your will be done. And, and, and that is superpower prayer. I'd even suggest this, that when you're mindful that it might even change your posture. Now, I will confess that I have done this before. This has been a prayer posture of mine at times. It's kind of just sitting there, just praying. I'm, and that's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Okay? Because we can pray, as we'll see next message, God wants us praying without ceasing. But I'm, I'm, I'm working now on this. This is, this is how I'm praying. I'm, I'm trying to get in a position like this that just acknowledges that who I'm standing in front of. And I'm, now granted, I start getting the head rush of the blood rushing down of my head. That's not, that's not easy. But I think if we're mindful, hallowed be thy name. How holy you are. And, and we just put ourselves physically in a posture that, that acknowledges that. I think that will help us stay attentive. Th those crazy unbridled thoughts that come running around like some wild horse in the, you know, out in the field. We'll be able to kind of focus that. Which is why Jesus says your name be our. And he, now he balances that with our Father in heaven. That is an invitation. Which we, we have to understand how scandalous this is. Okay this is crazy talk. Jesus said a lot of things that the Jews were like going, this guy's whacked. This is one of them. You see, to a Jew, God's name was so holy and revered that when you look at the Hebrew language, and I took Hebrew in seminary, and, and I'm proud to say right now that I forgot everything I learned, okay? <laughs> Hebrew is hard. But in Hebrew, all they really had at one time was consonants. They didn't have vowels for fear of mispronouncing the name of God. So here they are so reverent that they would not even pronounce the name of God out of fear that they would say it and misspeak. And then Jesus is teaching them how to pray and he says, hey, start by acknowledging God as Father. Whoa. Wow, that just seems kind of too personal. I mean, that seems like that's really strange. But, but Jesus is teaching them to come to God understanding he's inviting them into a personal relationship with him and to identify with him as father, as, as protector, as provider, as rescuer. For you see, God as father sent Jesus the son not to teach us how to get to God, though he did that. Not to help people who were in need, Though he did that. He, he sent Jesus to live the life you couldn't. And to die the life you wouldn't want to. To absorb the judgment of God for your sins and my sins. And then he raised him three days later. And God's saying this is the guy. And when you put your faith and trust in him my friends. You become the people of God. And now have ability to have activated in your life. The superpower of prayer. And your relationship with God. And you can now know him personally. It's this invitation, our Father in heaven. And the, the best way to know God personally, I mean, some of you, I think God has revealed himself, certainly he's revealed himself in general revelation through creation. We look at creation, we go, wow, this, this seems to speak of someone greater than me and greater than us. But he reveals himself in the person of Jesus, 
Again, another thing that just freaked out the Jews is Jesus was saying, when you see me, you see God. I and the Father are one. He's forgiving sins. Wait, that's for God. I'm God. And, and God wanted that personal relationship so much so that he comes down as fully God and fully man in Jesus so that we could relate to him and be in relationship with him and have conversation with him. And we do that, our part is praying. God's part is speaking through God's word. And so think about this, you can be in a conversation just like one you had before you walked in here. And just like one when you walk out, but more powerful when you open up God's word and God speaks to you. And, and this is how he, he personally relates to you. Because the word of God, it cuts you. It gets inside of you. It knows you. And God says, I love you. And then as we pray back to him, the things that we uh, are drawn to, the things that we're wrestling with, the questions that we have, or the, or the things we want to share with him, this prayer and the continuation of it, it personalizes our relationship with God. I mean, I'm not overstating this. My relationship with God is as real to me as my relationship with my wife. It, I mean, I can't hug him. But he's there. He listens and he talks. And he's, he's, his arms are saying to me, continuously come to me. Bring that to me. He shows me in ways, hey, what are you doing? That's not who you are. Let's work on that. I hope you understand God in that way. Because if you don't, then pray. Prayer is that way that we personalize our relationship with God. And some of you, this is, uh, let me just, one more sidebar. I, I, I briefly mentioned about those of you that are afraid to pray out loud. I, I understand that, but I hope you're challenged by what I said earlier. This one is, is even more shocking to me is when you ask someone how can I pray for you I'm good I can't think of anything really your life's going that well have you really thought about it? is there someone in your life that you're thinking about that maybe does need a prayer it's, it's here's this incredible privilege that we can go before God and 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 offer up to him and he's listening and you're going to pass that up? I just don't get that. I don't get that. And so we, we need to understand prayer better so that we don't pass up those incredible opportunities. Because my friends, prayer personalizes our relationship with God like nothing else. Because you're talking to someone. We're verbal people. And God is a verbal God for which I'm thankful. Now let me just quietly say before we get to because uh, I want to address we've been talking about the superpower of prayer well what's so super about it Kevin give me just a moment but before we get there I do want to say this about our prayers because I think they're very um, they can be very revealing the content of your prayers and the content of my prayers are really a thermometer in your life for the spiritual health of your relationship with God the content of your prayers listen to uh, Luke chapter 6 this is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus says this. He says, a good man produces good out of the good storeroom of his heart. An evil man produces evil out of the evil storeroom. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. In other words, what comes out of your mouth was not divorced or disconnected from what's inside in your heart. What you're thinking. They go together. 
And so I, I wonder if you looked at the content of your prayers, are they mostly asking God for stuff? Is that really the, is there anything in there where you're praising God, you're thanking God, you're sharing with God things that are going on because that relationship is so close and so personal? Or have you, have you really kind of relegated God to become the, the, the means to your end because God does, to quote, I think it was Keenan Wayans, homie don't play that game. God does not do that. I'm, I'm sorry, did, that, did, did I get that right? It was Damon. I'll remember that. Okay. I think it's a great line. Homie, don't play that. So God does not sit second chair. God is not the means to the end. He's the end. And so when you bring to God and I bring to God things that you want more than him, he's, he loves you too much to answer that. Or maybe he gives you what you think you want, but he knows it's not good for you in hopes that when you get it, you're like, Oh my goodness. And, and it drives you back to him. So, so examine the content of your prayers. Because the content of your prayers. A superpower prayer comes from a heart that wants to pray. Merely for the sake of wanting to pray. It doesn't come because there's an external threat. To something that's really important in your life. More important than God. And, and so, so when that happens you're praying. But when you don't. And you'll notice this in, in your life. If your life and your prayer life starts to kind of decline and, and, and become shorter and, and not as important to you when things are going well and then kind of gets kicked off and triggered when things are going in a challenging way. My friends, the content of those prayers are telling you that God is the means to the end and not the end in your life. And, and you'll never have a superpower prayer life when you have that out of order. It just isn't gonna happen. God loves you too much for that. Now, let's go to the question. We've been talking about superpower prayer. Well, what makes it so super, Kevin? Okay. Well, I'm going to go back to the verse we looked at last week. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Let's just start here. I'm going to give you these in, in rapid fire uh, order here. These are, what is the superpower part of superpower prayer? And we looked at this last week. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. This is God speaking. He says, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Superpower prayers are powerful because they get the attention and response of God. If you are my people, you have God's ear. And, and when you pray... In the way that we just talked about, my friends, that gets the attention and the ear of God. Nothing else like that can do that. Secondly, in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7, this is a familiar passage, but this is another aspect of the power of prayers. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses every thought will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. My friends, superpower prayer triggers in your life and mine peace in tough times. I imagine there's many of you in here that are thinking, I need that. Well, you have superpower prayer as you offer that to God 
and go to him to trigger in your life the peace that you're looking for. And it's peace that transcends circumstances. This isn't God necessarily changing the circumstances in your life, but he's giving you what you need, the peace and strength that you need to persevere and endure. In Colossians chapter 4 verse 2, Paul says this. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. Paul is saying, devote yourselves to prayer, but be alert for what? Things that you can thank God for. Why? Because my friends, when you're in that place and when you're looking around for the things you can thank God for, what that does, and, and, and as you're praying those and giving those back to God, it brings in your life contentment that's not tied to circumstances. That is the power of superpower prayer is it is the pathway to contentment, to being okay right where you are with what you have. Two more, 1 John 1, 9. This, I get past the peanut butter and jelly books. Here we go, 1 John 1, 9. Says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, my friends, that is a prayer. When we confess to God our sins as his people, we have the superpower of prayer that results in God's forgiveness and the removal of guilt and shame. And I know in a room this big that we all, in some way, and some more than others, you are running. You are running from the shame in your life, from the guilt in your life. If anybody finds out, you, you, you can't love yourself because you're haunted by it. My friends, the superpower of prayer says, when I confess that to God and I give that to him, and because of what Jesus has done for me and my faith and trust are in him, it's wiped away, it's gone. God actually says, I don't remember your sins. That's the power of what Christ has done. And we receive that power when we pray. And we confess and God gives us a clear conscience and the freedom from those things. Lastly, in Ephesians chapter 6, you're, some of you are familiar, that's where Paul is. He's in prison and he's writing this letter. And he's, he's looking at a Roman centurion who's guarding him. And he's taking pieces of the armor of the Roman centurion and he's equating them to, to spiritual realities. And at the very end, he says in verse 18, Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. He is giving us a weapon with, through prayer that we can fight temptation with. I don't know about you, but temptation wakes up with me every morning. Temptation never leaves me alone. I don't know that it leaves anybody alone. And how do you fight that? Do you just in your own strength and effort try to just not look, not click, not say, not take, not ingest, not drink? I'm just not gonna do it. My friends, you're no match for Satan. No match. I'm no match for him. But you put prayer in our hands. You put almighty God. And you, in relationship with him, you, you pray and say, help me. Give me the strength I need. Send me the person I need. My friends, he's there. And we have prayer that helps us fight the temptation that is not gonna go away. So, Hopefully that gives you some understanding of prayer. And I want to go back to 
the peace that I was talking about at the beginning. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you've had that happen. Do you remember how good it felt when you actually could identify it? You went, I know what this is. And it's really good when you realize it was just an extra part I didn't need. And you can sleep the next night, right? Or you can go, wait, this is where it needs to go. And somehow you're able to do that. And it just feels right. Like I can tell you right now, given that you have helped me understand what channel lock pliers are, I can now go and I can fix electrical stuff, plumbing stuff in my house. My wife is going to be real proud of me one day. Hopefully I never need to use them, but you know. Well, I hope like prayer this morning that you understand it better in a way you realize what you have been given in the superpower of prayer. And, and, and what it's going to mean for your relationship with God and for your walk as a follower of Jesus. Okay? So my challenge for you this week is I'm going to challenge you to set time aside to pray every morning and every evening. Sacred time. 10, 15 minutes. Or, or if it's just going to be five, just, just, make, just get a habit of doing it. Morning and night. Morning and night. Okay? Secondly, is I'm going to challenge you to pray out loud with somebody. Give it a shot, guys, in front of your spouse, in front of your kids, in front of your small group. Man, someone at work, just, you know, when you go to lunch, when you go to dinner, whatever you might do, ask the waitress, hey, how can we pray? We're going to pray for our food. How can we pray for you? And pray out loud in a restaurant. Just give that a shot because there's something powerful when you step out and you're acting on faith. Again, not to impress, not to impress, but to bless something powerful will happen inside and then lastly is would you please come back this evening for our prayer service we're going to gather back in this way in a unique way and when God's people come together we just want to honor him in that way and I believe it will be a huge blessing to you okay let me pray God thank you so much for your love for us thank you for the blessing and, and privilege and power of prayer that you've given us because of the work of Christ God may we not underutilize May we not discount, but may we run towards and embrace mightily this incredible gift you've given us for the glory of your name and the good of our relationship with you. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Okay, hopefully you have your little cups. If not, if you came in, we're gonna be taking communion. But I wanna give a little time to breathe. Uh, What we've just talked about, we've been talking about prayer. And so I'm going to invite you, if you want to pray at your seats, pray there. If you want to come down front, pray down front. I'll be standing down here. If you want me to pray with you, I will be happy to do that. But let's just take a moment and do two things. One is prepare ourselves to take communion. And that is we just, just examine your life and say, man, where have I been messing up? And I just haven't been, you know, addressing that. Give that to God. Confess that to God. And when you take communion, you'll be mindful that God has forgiven you for what you've confessed to him, not because you confessed it to him, but because of what Jesus has done, for which we're going to remember when we take communion. Or maybe there's something else going on that you um, just need some time to pray for. Pray for the person you're sitting next to, or or pray for something that's going on in your life. Um, We just want to give some room for that, because we are committing. This is the year of prayer, my friends. We're going to grow in this area. We're going to strengthen our prayer muscle for the glory of God. So let's take some time to do that, and then I'll... We'll take communion together in just a moment.